Okay, now this morning we were talking about the, the title of the message today was The Door, okay? And we were talking this morning about the open door, amen, and how that the Lord says, I am the door, praise God. And there's, there's nobody that's going to enter in any other way. You're coming through that door. You're going to come through the name of Jesus as we talked about this morning. And, and we were also talking about John 10, 1 through 10, about how that it talks about the shepherd. And I just want to kind of reiterate that tonight. Let me just go quickly to that. Praise God. And uh, Amen. Let me see here. Let's go quickly to that. John uh, 10 here. Hold on just a second. And as we look this morning here where it says, Verily I say unto you that he entered in not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up another way. See there? See here on the screen up here? Uh, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And as I was talking to you this morning, who is that, sister? Sister, sister Sandra? No, that's not Jesus. And that's a misconception that a lot of people make. But he said, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Look at the last on that right there. Look here. It just changed by itself again. Oh, you know what? It's because of this. I can change it here on this thing, see? Yeah, right. So, yeah. No, it's John. Yeah, but I'm going to go to 10 here. Yeah, it was freaking me out earlier, too. I forgot. This thing has, it's for presentation, so I can, you know, change it up and down and all that. Anyway, okay, but see, he, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, okay? So we look at the word shepherd there. You look at there, what is that shepherd? See what it says? Yeah, but here is the pastor. He that entereth in by the, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And a lot of people think that's talking about Jesus, but it's not. Okay, and then it goes in there and it says below, it says, To him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice. That's not Jesus. That's the voice of the pastor. Okay, and, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. See that? That's not talking about Jesus either. That's talking about the pastor. See? And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep Follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow. See that? Amen. Praise God. So anyway, so then we went from that scripture over to Romans ten, fourteen, fifteen says, How shall they believe how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? Now, if you go down through here and look, it says, uh, uh, you go down through here, and, and it talks about, I am the door. If any man enter in by me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out. But the Bible also talks about uh, 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 that, uh, that the pastors or these, these ministers that are out there are not called of him. They're not of him. He said, any man, he said, verily I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. And we were talking about how that, the, that's how these pastors out here 
have entered in other ways, and they are thieves and robbers because they're stealing from these people. Everything they take in is not taken into the, to the sheepfold or the, or the house of God. It's, it's theft. And the end thereof is going to be their demise. Yes, absolutely. These are thieves that they're doing it for filthy lucre's sake. This ain't not, got nothing to do with God because not one dime of it's going to the furthering of the kingdom of God. They're ta- that's why it says, He that enters in not by the door of the sheepfold, but into the sheepfold. Not by the door, into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Well, you know what? The end of it's going to be hell, but the, the worst part of it is going to be the fact that they're taking so many with them. See? And they're claiming, saying that God said this and God said that when he didn't say that. And it's even talking about the Word of God when they say, okay, this is what the Word of God means. No, it doesn't mean that. They're saying he said this by what's, what's on the paper up there, but that's not what the Word means. So they become false prophets as well, you see. That the Lord said, the Lord said. No, he didn't say. That's not what he said in his word. The Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I'm not after what words on a page say. I'm after what the Spirit was saying when it put those words on this page. What did you mean by this? You can misinterpret something a hundred different ways. Somebody can say something right to your face. Sometimes, and you know what? Man, you hit the hit you the wrong way. Man, you go, your mind goes nine different directions. And they're like, no, that's not what I meant at all. And then they, you, they tell you what they really meant. You're like, oh, okay, I understand now. I'm not going to kill you now, you know. See? Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Get back up. I, don't know, I didn't know that's what you meant, you know, yeah, before I knocked you out, you know. But that's, that's how it can be, and that's how people do with the Word of God. Okay, but let's, let's move on. I just wanted to kind of reiterate some stuff this morning, kind of, huh? Right, and, and that one of those is John 9, 4. Is that right? Matthew 11. Okay, Matthew, I didn't know Matt was in there, but Matthew, no, well, I know Matthew. Okay, Matthew 11, 28, 29, and that's your scripture, so go ahead and read that. You should be able to recite it. But Amen, that's good. Now come on with the next one. Take for my burden. My yoke is easy. Amen, very good. Praise God. Okay, now, so come unto me. Remember this morning how that it, it talked about in some of the other scriptures we're talking about the calling of God. God calls his people unto him. Give me Isaiah 55, 6 through 11. Who had that one? Come on, what it says. Okay, what, what, what? Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Amen. See that? While he's near. Okay, understand something, church. As we're talking about in this in this part of the uh, of the message today, uh, before we turn the corner here just a little bit, what we're talking about right now is the open door. Okay, right now the door's open unto you. Be very very thankful because I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't intended to be, but it's open unto you because Israel turned their face from God, and because Israel fell, He brought it to the Gentiles. If Israel had not fallen, you wouldn't be here today. If Israel hadn't fallen. You wouldn't be here. But because they fell, you're here. Amen. And to provoke Israel to jealousy. That's what the Bible says. Okay. So, understand something. As we've been talking 
uh, uh, this morning, uh, uh, this morning as well. Listen, you better get it while it's time. Right now, you better get a hold of it. How many of you have ever missed an opportunity? Have you ever missed an opportunity? And you just like, oh dear God, what did I do? Oh man, oh I can't believe it. And you did, and man, you can't go back. And you're like, oh come on, come on, one more time. But it's over. You missed it. You missed it. And buddy, this is one thing. You can't miss this one. You cannot miss this. There is no do-overs in this. And let me tell you something. No matter whatever opportunity you've missed before in your life, it ain't like this one. If you miss this one, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, you will be burning in hell in the lake of fire. Never, ever being quenched. Never, ever with any hope of salvation. Fifty million years go by and you hadn't even started yet for eternity. People just can't get their mind wrapped around that because your mind's not programmed to think like that. In our finite world, we know everything has a beginning and an ending. But you have to understand, in reality, God has no beginning and there is no ending, and neither is there an ending to hell. Your mind just can't wrap around it. But if you miss this, there ain't nothing you can do or say that's going to change the outcome. Nothing. That's why I preach like I preach. Because time is at hand, whether you know it or not. You could have just as easy as a day been driving like that. Somebody could have pulled out on these roads out here in a dump truck. Bam! And that had been all she wrote. And tonight, instead of in this church, we'd all be at a hospital making funeral arrangements for you and your mother. And the kids. And probably funeral arrangements for, for uh, you know, for whoever's left alive because it would just absolutely kill the, the loved ones to, to lose something like that. I mean, you know. And so you just don't understand. You don't understand. Children don't understand why mom and daddy get so irate when they're playing in the street and you try to tell them, quit playing in the street, quit playing in the street, and they get out there anyway, and you know that you know that you know that you know people have died like that. And you're trying to tell them, you don't understand them, I'll knock your brains out, you know, but get out of that street, I'm going to beat you till you can't see straight, you know. Well, oh my God, you're so mean to them kids, I'd rather beat them black and blue than to be standing here over a little bit of casket with my child in there, and they're dead and gone, and there's nothing I can do then. And that's exactly why God would rather beat you black and blue right now, praise God, man, than to him to stand over you and have to pronounce you into hell for an eternity church you better get a hold of this right now while you can praise god you better take this serious man because it's for all the marbles amen you better take this real serious because i'll tell you right now buddy there ain't no uh, there ain't nothing you'll ever do in your life more serious than this deal hallelujah it can't be preached serious enough to really get the full flavor of it. There ain't no hell fire and brimstone preachers left. I'm a dying breed. But I'm going to tell you something, man. I got something to say. And it needs to be heard. Amen. The Word of God is clear. It's clear, crystal clear. It needs to be preached that way. 
Amen. Come on, Sister Tara. Read on, sis. Mm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Amen. And do you have all that underlined in your Bible? Because if you don't, every single word of that needs to be underlined in every Bible in this building. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, that whole section you just read right there is key scripture. Man, that's, that's stuff like a cow chews his cud. We ought to be able to just... Rock. We ought to just be chewing that up, chewing it up, chewing it up, chewing it up. Because that's some good stuff right there, buddy. Amen. And I want you to hold fast that right there, sis. Because you're going to read the first part of that here in just a second. After uh, uh, Sister Brenda reads Matthew 24, 13 for me right quick. Amen. And listen carefully. Listen carefully to this scripture here. Matthew 24, 13. Yeah, is that Matthew 24, 13? Okay. Yeah, okay, hold on just a minute. Okay, Hebrews 9, 28. Okay, Hebrews 9, 28. All right, uh, so get that for me, Sister Brenda, if you will. Hebrews 9, 28. Yes. Okay, notice what he said here. Unto them that look for him. Shall he appear the second time? Okay. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? Notice, he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. He said, unto him that looketh for him, shall he appear the second time? Okay. Now, the second time he shall appear without sin. Then when he comes, it's unto salvation. Do you see that? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. But the second time he appears unto you, whether it be by way of the grave and judgment or by rapture, the second time he will appear unto them that look for him. Okay, what's it say at the very first of, of Isaiah 55 in the scripture you had? Six there, sister? Okay, see that? See, the Bible says also in another place over in, uh, in uh, Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 6, I think it says, uh, uh, before you, without faith it's impossible to please him, uh, for before you can come to God, you must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. So how do we obtain the reward? Praise God. By diligently seeking him. Amen. That don't mean just to popping in every now and then. It don't mean just popping your Bible open every now and then. It means diligently, with all diligence, seeking him day and night. Amen. You got to do it because that's what gets the reward. And here he says, unto them that search or that look for him will he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See that? The first time he made a way whereby we could be saved. The second time, those that have sought it out have sought that salvation. He said, seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. When you do that and you have seeked him, he's a reward of them that have diligently sought him. Amen. And when he comes back a second time unto them which look for him, unto them, that's, he'll appear to them. Okay. Because let me tell you something. Nobody else is going to see him. 
unto salvation. Nobody else is going to see the Savior. They're going to see the judge. They're not going to see the Savior. They will never see the Savior. But unto those that look for him, he said, seek me while he may be found. See, he said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know what? Unless it's that important to you, you ain't going to search for nothing with all your heart. You know what? I can tell. I can tell what's important to somebody. Do you know that? It ain't just talking about it. I can tell. I can tell you what's important to you. Where you spend your time. Absolutely. You know, we spell love just like children do. You know what child children spell love, sister? T-I-M-E. That's how they spell love. They don't spell love money. They don't spell love uh, by hugs and smooches and kisses. They spell love by time. That's why you see so many children, you know, these football players, they make a big touchdown, and Daddy may have spent hours and countless hours uh, uh, teaching them some football, but the first thing, hi, Mom, hi, Mom, you know, on TV and all that. You know why that is? Because she's the one who spent time with them. Daddy was working or whatever he was doing. He might have been taking his secretary to, you know, to some hotel or something while Mama was home with the kids, and she was the one fed them and clothed them and bathed them and washed them and took care of them and played with them and all that and played house with them and played uh, this with them and that with them. And Amen. That's how they spell love, time. But you know what? The Bible says where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. That's what the Bible says. So what's important to somebody is where they spend their time. Amen. And so, God looks at things completely different than man does. Okay, now let's move on quickly because, man, we're still on the very first part of this. Tell you. Okay, now, Luke 11, 9 and 10. Come on, uh, uh, let's, let's look at that. Luke 11. Luke 11. Honey, I've got to do some gluing on this thing this week. I've got to do it. You've got to remind me. This thing is just falling all to pieces. I have got to get something done. Luke 11. Luke 11, 9 and 10 says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Okay? So here, the door is open unto you. But it's up to you. Jesus ain't going to chase you down and save you. People have this notion that they're all that. Oh, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And so you know what? They fall behind that scripture and they say, oh, Jesus did it all. Well, he did it all. I saved me, Calvary. I was saved when I was three years old. Oh, I saved back there when I was 12. So it's after you turn 12 you turn into a hell heathen i don't care how you was when you're 12 unless you're 12 right now and you're talking about today that don't matter because what you did when you're 12 honey ain't gonna make no difference now or uh, period from now on what you did yesterday ain't gonna get you home tomorrow 
Every day is a new day. That's right. Praise God. The Bible said, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And it says that when He, he will come back for those that look for Him, He will, will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So till you see Him a second time, if you get to see Him a second time, amen, as the, as the Savior then he's here for salvation. He's here because you sought him. It's the only way you're going to see him. Because you're going to have to seek him while he may be found. Because let me tell you, when this all winds up, the Gentile time's over. It's over for you. It's over. Then he will be turning his favor back to back to Israel. That's it. Amen. So the ones that are saved, the ones that are, will be saved at that moment. That's right. At his return. Wherever you're at with him at his return, that's where you're going to be. It, it, wherever you were headed at that split second right there, that's where you're going to be. Wherever you were headed. Amen. If you were, if you were ready to meet Jesus when the master came, will he find faith on the earth? Amen. If, if you were ready to meet him right then, then you are ready to go. He said, Be ye therefore ready, for in such an hour as ye think not. doesn't say that you might not know when he's coming. He said, I'm coming in an hour. You're going to think I'm not coming. So you're going to be thinking he's not coming at that hour. It's not that you might not know he's coming. No, no. You will be thinking he's not coming. In such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh. I promise you, when my daughter, how old are you? She was your age. My daughter, the last thing on her mind that very afternoon, the very evening, the night she died, was death. She was a month from her 28th birthday. Is death on your mind? I mean, do you do you have any do you have any idea that man is you're not going to be here thirty days from now? Is it in your mind? Do you live thinking that? Has it crossed your mind that you're not going to be here this time next month? Didn't hurt either, because you just don't think like that. But the Lord said, "Be ye therefore ready, for such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh." You see. Now, so it's up to us to ask. It's up to us to seek. He said, ask, you shall receive. Ask what? People think about money. That's the first thing that goes to their mind. Ask, and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. They're thinking money. It's got nothing to do with money. Ask, and you shall receive. Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, help me understand this. Lord, what's the answer? Seek, and you shall find. Seek, and you shall find. Come on, first verse, first verse. No, 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 no. Where you go back to Isaiah? Are you done flipped over to the wrong place? Okay. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Hope you got that recorded, because I'll never say that again. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Isaiah 55, 6. Okay, so it says, Ask and you shall receive, right? Seek 
and ye shall find. Okay, see that? So seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He said on Revelations, he said, Behold, I have set before you an open door. He's setting an open invitation to the people of this world. And if there was anybody that Jesus has invited to the party, it's America. It's the United States of America, which has become the cesspool of the world. And I guarantee you, buddy, if there's anybody ought to be called the great Satan, it's this nation. Now, so, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Okay. Now, Jesus said at John 10, uh, uh, he said, I am the door. We just looked at that while ago. Now, let's look at a couple other scriptures before we turn the corner. Let's go to uh, Brother Edward. Give me Matthew 7, 13 through 29. Sister Sharon. Oh, let me, let me, I'll tell you what, let me get those scriptures. Let's go, let's look at those together. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, let's go to those together. Okay, Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at verse 13. Starting in verse 13, let's look at that. I want to go, I got some stuff to go through here. So 7, verse 13. Amen. The Bible says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Here's the difference between the many and the few. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, I want to tell you, this door is narrow. Amen. There's no, it's as straight as the gate. Praise God. Now, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves. They come and they look all nice and, and, and holified and all that. They look like they would be from God because, you know what? They said, well, Jesus would never wear no suit. Jesus wouldn't do this. Jesus wouldn't do that. But you know what? They try to convince you. The devil tries to convince you that it's Jesus is just one of the gang. Why, you know, my goodness, man. But you know what? If you ain't got no respect for the king of kings and the Lord of lords, something wrong already. Amen. But the world tries to downplay and the devil tries to convince them to downplay Jesus. Well, he's just one of the gang, you know. Okay, now... <clears throat> But he says here, inwardly they're ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Okay? And as I've told you before, what's their fruit? The fruit is not how many people they got in their church. You'll know them by their fruit. No. The Word of God. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did somebody get her a visitor card? Uh, praise God. Did you? <laughs> your <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know that. Amen. But but the fruit, the fruit is the word of God. You will know them by their fruit. Now listen to what he said. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So if I'm if I'm feeding you thorns, and you know, strangely enough, it's really strange that he used thorns and thistles describing what this world's preaching out here. Because, man, they have no idea it's thorns. They have no idea it's thistles that they're being fed out there. But you know what? It doesn't appear to be thorns. It doesn't appear to be thistles. 
You know, it may look like a rose. But you better be careful grabbing hold of it. Because in the end, you know what? I'm going to tell you, there's some beautiful women in this world. I'm a man. Brother Edward's a man. Brother Terrence is a man. You don't count because you can't even look right now. You just need you need to get you some Ray Charles glasses and wear them all the time. Don't even look. You got to wait till you're too old to do anything about it. Then we might might take some glasses off of you then. But you know, there are silence over there, woman. <laughs> Amen. But nevertheless, there are some beautiful women in this world today. And man, and you know what? They don't wear no clothes anymore. It's a very difficult world for a man to walk through. But you know what? As beautiful as that may seem and look, the Bible says their feet reach down to hell. And that's where you're going to end up. But it don't look like hell. But their feet are rooted in hell. That's where it's going to take you. The Word of God may seem tough. See how it's opposites? What seems sweet and smooth here today, the end thereof is destruction. But what seems hard and brash or, or hard and tough on you today, oh, just like I said, I'm going to be dancing in the gate. How you like me now? How you like me now? Amen. As I'm counting the sheep. One, Sister Erica, Sister Tara. Hey, Brother Edward, come on in. Sister Sandy, good to see you. Sister Rhonda, good to see you. Glad you made it. Praise God. Sister Regina, Brother Terrence, barely made it. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Almost missed service, but you made it. Praise God. Amen. Hello, Donna. Good to see you. Good to see you. Praise God. Sister Brenda. Amen. Where's Sister Sharon? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got to pick on her. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, we're talking about the gates of heaven, man. We're not talking about anything like down here. Amen. But you know what? Praise God. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I. That's what my hope is. That's what my. That's what my vision is. That's what I'm pressing toward. Praise God. And all this won't matter then. What seemed hard and difficult now? Let me tell you something. If this seems hard and difficult, have you never been through any hard and difficult stuff in your life? How'd you like that? I mean, wasn't it harder and more difficult living like a heathen outside of this walk? And you're going to tell me de dealing with this is too hard? Let me tell you something, buddy. You need to stop and take an inventory where the heck you've been in your life, man. And let's just boom with a silver spoon in your mouth. Uh, buddy, you can't tell me you ain't been through hell on this earth. Uh, and, and all that stuff you went through was because you wasn't in this walk. Man, what this walk's got proof behind it. The proof's in the pudding. Look around you, man. Praise God. Look at where these people once were and are no longer. Amen. Look at where they were before they came here and where they are now. Praise God. Amen. Don't tell me this don't work. How tough it is. Let me tell you something, man. No pain, no gain. End of story. Hallelujah. Huh. Praise God. Let me tell you something. You've got to have some discipline in your life. 
you got to have some discipline in your life. Every one of us need more discipline in our lives. Amen. We wouldn't have these round spots on us if we had more discipline in our life. Now watch it get real quiet in here now. My wife's over looking at me like I've lost my mind. Like, what? Right. Yeah. She's like, what What are you saying? What round, what, what round spot? And I didn't believe it. No, but you know what? No, I was told, I was told that I was, that she was going to do this to me. Wasn't that one man, wasn't no time at all. Well, we don't have to worry about that now, do we? That's behind me now. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's on both ends, honey. It's behind me, in front of me, uh, just whenever. I'm like a little weeble that wobbles and don't fall down at this point. <laughs> He's on a roll. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Looks like he's addicted to him, you know. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. That's all right. Amen. Now, moving on. Amen from this terrible subject. Now, okay, so here the Bible says, Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It all has to do with whether or not you're chosen for this job by the Lord himself. Whether or not you came up by, uh, 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 by proper methods. Or if you tried to climb up some other way and make yourself a preacher. And made it a profession. Made it a professional thing. Amen. Instead of a uh, instead of an ordained thing. Amen. Yeah, just following in somebody else's uh, uh, anointing, or even if they were anointed, a lot of them just blind leading blind. Now, every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Amen. That means, hey, if you if you're not bringing forth what you what you're saying, even if you last to the end of this thing. You will be hewn down and cast into the fire. And if I'm not preaching good fruit to you, the fruit is the Word of God. The seed is in the fruit. You get the fruit. I help you understand it. Once you get to understand it, you got the seed out of it. Where's the seed? It's in the fruit. When you eat a peach, to get to the peach seed, you got to eat the peach. Amen. So you get the revelation of the peach. You know what the, you know what the peach is? That's exactly what it is. That's perfect. That's exactly what it is. What is the oak tree? It's the revealed acorn. It's the revelation of the acorn. That's right. It's acorn. We're in Texas. You need to move back to New York where you're from, okay? <laughs> it's got acorns, that tree. Yeah, no, it's the tree's got acorns, okay? <laughs> it's acorn. A-C-E-R-N. Acorns. <laughs> A-C-E-R-N. Z. Huh? Fork. Fork. Fork in a row. Amen. So, anyway, so 
So the, the, the tree, the oak tree, is the revelation of the acorn. It's the revealed acorn. Amen. Praise God. Well, what I'm preaching to you, if it's not the real stuff, how can you possibly bring forth good fruit? If I'm preaching a lie to you, there's no possible way that you can bring forth good fruit. I have therefore made you into an evil tree which cannot bring forth good fruit. There's only one way you're ever going to bring forth good fruit, and that's to be sown good fruit. And so those that have what it takes to endure this sound doctrine, you're the ones that's going to carry this message out there, and it doesn't take long for you to realize how much this message is hated because you too can be hated like me. You too can be partakers of this fruit that nobody wants nothing to do with. Because they try to come at you with cupcakes and you're trying to give them fruit. They're trying to fatten you up for the kill and you're trying to give them something that's healthy. And let me give you some fruit unto eternal life. Oh, no, dear God, what does that mean? What are you trying to say right there? So we got to take my uh, dental floss off, put clothes on? That'd be a start. Oh, no, I can't do that. No way. Oh, no way. i lose my boyfriend then. Is he your boyfriend? Well, of course he is. Look at him. See, he loves me. Well, my goodness, he loved you as much as that one I saw him with yesterday. What? She didn't have dental floss. She was out. She was out of dental floss. So she had nothing on. He looked like he loved her too. I guess that's what you call it. That's what happens. That stuff out there ain't got no sustenance to it. Did you know you can get you some, did you know, man, that these commercials they make? You ever see these commercials they make, all these fakes and all that kind of stuff? Did you know most, most of that stuff's not even real on the commercial? It looks so good. Man, I mean, they got the smoke coming up. You're like, oh, oh. man, you're drooling all over yourself. Look like an invalid, man, like you're just falling out on the floor, man. Oh, dear, dear God, man, help me, Lord. Oh, man, honey, we got to leave right now. Uh, here's your sandwich. I don't want that mess. <laughs> We're going I'm going to throw that in the trash. We're going to a steakhouse right now. You know, but if they really knew how they made that commercial, man, that's dry ice making the smoke. They use paint and lacquer and all that kind of stuff to put on there makes it look like juice and all that on the steak and all that kind of stuff. You have no idea, man, what that stuff is. Most of it ain't even real. And they, and they make it fall just right, and they'll drop it 400 times to make it bounce just right and on the camera in slow motion. and All that editing equipment and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly what the devil does, this message out here. Makes it look, you know what, but let me tell you something. You can get the most beautiful painted up garbage you ever seen look so good, but you go to biting into that stuff. How many of you ever had something look really good and you bit into it and you just have to lick a cat in the face to get the taste out of your mouth? You just have to go in there and get you something out of the kitty litter box, man, to get rid of that taste. It's like, my goodness, man. Come here, kitty. Can I borrow some of that for a minute? I just got to get rid of this taste in my mouth. <laughs> Come here, stinking. <laughs> you, know, you know, but you, it just it looks so good. But, you know, looks can be deceiving, ain't they? I know, I know times when I used to drink. Looks was really deceiving then. Man, I mean, honey, you're beautiful. <laughs> Next time I seen that woman without being drunk, 
Oh, Lord God, what the heck have I done? Shoot me now, Lord. Oh, God, help me, Lord. I ain't helping you. You didn't call on me last night. You didn't call on me yesterday when you decided you was all genius and you was going to the bar. Yeah, there she is. Ain't she beautiful? It's amazing what you can get yourself into. And that's what's happened to this world today. They've gotten themselves caught up in a lie. And what they saw that looked so good, and it may look good to them all the way to the end, but I'll tell you what, when they get to the end of it, they're going to be able to see the revealed seed then. They're going to be able to see the true revelation of that seed then. And they're bringing forth fruit after their kind. I'm going to tell you, I've talked to some folks that go to this 50,000-seater downtown. And, buddy, they are hook, line, and sinker in that deal. Oh, you've got to come be there. You've got to come and see it. Oh, my God, there's nothing like it. Oh, huh? Oh, they love it. I mean, buddy, they love it, and they are sold on it. You can tell, I mean, they ain't playing. They're sold out, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you've never had an experience like it. Oh, it's just everybody just loves one another, and it's just so good. Oh, I mean, I've had them try, knowing I'm a pastor and trying to get me to come. Knowing I'm a pastor. Try to get me to come to that mess. I would take a gun out and kill myself before I'd go to a place like that. Literally. I'd have a better chance of making heaven. Now, whew, man, we we got to turn the corner here. Man, alive. Okay. Oh, yeah, man, I got to get around the corner on this. Okay, now, he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. Not every man... Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, the Bible says, everybody say many. many. Will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Amen. All right. Praise God. Now, go with me to Luke quickly, and, and, and uh, let me let me go through a couple scriptures here, and then we'll turn the corner. Okay, Luke thirteen. Luke chapter thirteen. Okay, let's go to verse twenty-three. Pop in over twenty-three there with me. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive, everybody say strive, to enter in at the straight gate. Why, Sister Rhonda, would he say strive right there? Why in the world? Now, that ain't the message of the world. All you got to do is just say, Lord, I receive you into my heart, and you're saved. Why does the Bible, Jesus himself saying right here, strive ye to enter in at the straight gate. See that? How, can that, how far apart can two methods be? 
He said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. Okay? Now, listen to what he says next. Okay? Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. See that? When once the master of the house, and we are getting ready to turn the corner, once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and ye begin to stand without, who did who did he just say? No, no, no. Who's he talking to right there? He's talking to the disciples, and that's us. That's right. He said, and ye begin to stand without and say. <laughs> and knocking on the door saying. Okay, let me, let's look at it and see what it says there. He said, once the master's risen up and had shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door. See what? See? saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. He said, I don't know you where you're at. You ain't ready to meet me. I don't know you. I don't know you whence you are. Where you brought yourself to, I don't know you anymore. You're done. I don't know you there. Because you're not where you need to be to be on this side of the door. And the, the door's shut. Understand the door's shut. But you're going to be talking to him from the other side of the door, knocking. You know what? You should have been knocking on that same door right there while it was open. You should have been knocking at the door while he was answering the door. But once he's risen up and closed that door, in other words, once you cross from this dispensation into the next one, you have breathed your last breath here, and you're standing there going, he's going to say, they're going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, I don't know you where you're at. I don't know you where you're at. You're not where you're supposed to be to be in here. I don't know you there. I don't associate with people that are where you're at. You're not where you need to be. I know you not when she are. See that? Okay. Just like it said over there. All right, now go on down in first. And he says, all right, now. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See that? Buddy, you can't even wrap your mind around what it's going to be like. You can't even wrap your mind around what it's going to be like to be on the wrong side of that coin. All right, let's turn the corner. Now, part two of this thing here really takes a hold right now. We're going into Matthew 25.10. Go there with me right now. Matthew 25.10. I'll try to hurry. Matthew 25.10. Matthew 25 and 10, verse 10 says this, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with them to the marriage, and the door 
was shut. See that? Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. You see that? Okay. Now, look at Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 20. Verse 25. When once the master of the house is risen up, we just looked at this, and closed and the door, shut the door, and you begin to stand without and knock. Amen. This is what we were just talking about. Now, ask, seek, and knock. You need to do those things while you still can. Amen. Now, look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to go to verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will there be in that day which say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We just looked at this a second ago. Amen. Church, there's coming a day. If the Lord tarries, there's coming a day soon enough when it will be over. Right now, we live in the grace dispensation. And even in this grace dispensation, things are going to get very, very hard for God's people. Very, very difficult. People can't hardly understand that. They can't grasp that. But I want you to understand there's coming a time. When all this freedom we, we enjoy here in America is going to be over with for this walk. It'll be this walk. Only this walk. You'll still have the Muslims doing whatever they want. The Buddhists, the, the atheists, the, the Satan worshipers, the Wicca. All that stuff will still be rolling on like nothing ever happened. There's only one thing they're going to come against. It's going to be the name of Jesus Christ. It's going to be people that talk against homosexuality. We're going to be known as haters. We already are known as haters. We preach Jesus' name, Jesus only. You will not be able to talk about any God in particular, uh, other than, of course, Allah. They'll be able to talk about that because they're not going to say anything to the Muslims. I can't understand why, but the devil's behind it, I guess. But, but when somebody says Jesus, that's going to be a problem. When somebody says Jesus is God, that's really going to be a problem. When somebody says you can't live a homosexual lifestyle and go to heaven, that's going to be a problem. Amen. When you, when you say, well, you've got to live holiness, uh, 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 gotta, a woman's got to be a woman, a man's got to be a man, that's going to be a problem. That's, that's going to be jail time for you, or, or you're going to be uh, labeled a hater. So that's coming soon and very soon to us right here. Amen. Now, all right, so let's look at Proverbs 1. Brother Edward, Proverbs 1. I'll tell you what, give me Hosea, brother, 5 and 15. Hosea 5, 15, got it? Go for it. Okay, is it, so what's it say in the next verse? Okay, in their affliction, they will seek me early. Okay, that's what I was going to right there. Listen, in their affliction, they will seek me early, but the Bible tells us that in many times when, when you begin to seek him and, and, and the door is shut, buddy, you're not going to find him no more. That's all she wrote. Now look at Proverbs 1, verse 22. I'm going to go right on and read on down. All right. 
How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And because I have, ca- because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have said it not, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. In other words, wouldn't take none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distresses and anguish come upon you, amen, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. You see that? For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsels, they despised all my reproofs, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. You see that? For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. See that? Good stuff, man. Y'all ought to be underlined. There'll be ink flying up on the walls. Amen. All right, now I want to tell you something here tonight. I want to just look at a few scriptures here before we close. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. Let's look at some different aspects of Jesus tonight. So let's get some scriptures here pretty quick. Sister Sharon, John 1, 29 and verse 36. John 1, 29 and verse 36. Sister Sandra, would you get me Hosea 5, 14? Sister, or Brother Terrence, get me Revelations chapter 5, verse 5. Okay, who's got John 1, 29 and 36? Behold, the Lamb of God. This is Jesus, the Lamb of God. Do you know Jesus is the Lamb of God? Okay, who's got Hosea 5.14? Come on. Who's got Revelation 5.5? Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Read that again. Listen, read it loud. Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. Go ahead. The root of David hath prevailed. To open the book and to loose the seven seals. You see that? This is the whole book of Revelation is, is yeah, is John in having a vision given to him by God. Okay, but on the Isle of Patmos. Now, but notice this is Jesus, the Lion of Judah. So Jesus, the Lion of Judah, was turned into Jesus, the Lamb of God. So Jesus is a lion and a lamb. He's a lion of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah who made himself into a sacrificial lamb of God. Amen. But still one in the same. Let me tell you something. Jesus has been my rod and my buckler. Jesus has also been my uh, 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 my chastener. He's been my uh, rebuker. He's been my 
uh, 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 he's been my rod of correction, but he's also been my the lifter up of mine head. Amen. He's been the encourager when my head was hung down, and he was the one smacked me on top of the head when my head got lifted up. Amen. God's going to keep you where you need to be. Amen. You go to the right, he's going to be the one smacks you to the left. You go to the left, he's going to be the one smacks you back to the right. When you get up here, he's going to smack you down. When you get down there, he's going to pick you up. God's going to keep you right here. This is where you need to be to make it home. Amen. He's got to maneuver you, and we fight him every day. I could take my dog. He, he thinks I'm always trying to do something on him. He's, he thinks I'm always trying to get something over on him. If I pull him to the right, buddy, he's everything he's got going to the left. I don't care if it's an alligator over there with his mouth open or a truck going to run over him or a fire pit. If I'm pulling him to the right, it's something's going on to the left. Oh, no, I'm going that way. I've got to go to the left. If I pull him over and pull him to the left, he's going to pull to the right. If I try to hold him down, he's going to try to jump up. Try to hold him up, he's going to try to jump down. It does not. It, we do the same thing. We're the same way. And God, and I'm sitting there coming, God, just want to knock his brains out because you're trying to help him. But in his mind, you're trying to kill him. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, oh, God, something going on, something going on, you know. I'm just trying to trim your toenails. Oh, God, what's, what's going on with my toenails? Uh, what's happening, you know? It's crazy. You can't even hold him down, buddy. But, you know, I told him the other day, I said, you know, what are you going to do? He's going to scratch his chest, you know, because he gets locked in the trance. He can't, you know, it's the only way you can hold him. So, anyway, but the thing is, we try to fight God the same way, but he's just trying to help us. He's just trying to get you home. Amen. He's trying to get you where you need to be. So that he don't say, I know not when she are. Now, okay, so the Lion of Judah is also the Lamb of God. Now let's talk about uh, uh, let's talk about Jesus the Merciful. A lot of scriptures here. Sister Erica, First Peter one three. Sister Tara, First Timothy one sixteen. Sister Sharon, uh, Ephesians two four. Uh, Brother Edward, Lamentations three twenty two twenty three. Uh, my wife, James two thirteen. Go. First Peter one three. Go. Jesus the Merciful. Amen. See that? Merciful. Okay, First Timothy 1.16. Who's got that? Come on. See that? As a pattern. He's, the reason he's given you mercy like he has is just the same reason Paul was talking about here in the Ephesians. He said, look, man, he did this for me as a pattern so that others after me might see how good he's been to me and they know how evil I was. See? And so, man, when people know how wicked you've been, Amen. It's a testimony. Amen. And it lets them know, man, look what he did. Where's uh, uh, where's uh, Tara at, man? Is she not clubbing anymore and stuff like that? Oh, no, man. You know what? She, man, she lives in Magnolia now, man. Her, her and her husband, are they, oh, is she still together with that crazy guy? Are they still together, man? They fuss all the time, man. Do they get divorced? Oh, man, they're, man, their marriage is great, man. They're doing fantastic. They just bought them a new house. What? Yeah, man, I mean, man, her husband's got a good job, man, making all kind of money. Man, she went to school and became a nurse as an aide and all that kind of stuff. Man, she's got a good job too, man. And Wow, what? Are you kidding me, man? I mean, where do they, where do they hang out at? They hang out at a church. Can you believe it? A what? Oh, come on, man. What are you, smoking crack? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, they hang out at church, man. As a matter of fact, they're in church every time you, 
You can't even get them on the phone. They're not in the house, in, in the church. Amen. You know, what What did they do? What happened? Man, they turned their life over to the Lord. Man, oh, she's, she's a holy roller now. You can't even get near her, man. Oh, yeah, man, she don't wear makeup no more. Oh, my God, you're kidding me. No way, not Tara. Are you talking about Tara Lee? Yeah. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Nope, no makeup. Man, she don't wear pants. What? Oh, my God. What? No, man, they don't cut their hair. I mean, man, they, they just, I don't know, it's crazy. They went off deep and joined the cult. Yeah, they joined the big cult, you know, and proof's in the pudding. Proof's in the pudding. That's right. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Good stuff, ain't it? Hallelujah. Give me more Kool-Aid. Amen. Need to preach a message called Give Me More. Amen. All right, Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Now, there's Jesus the merciful. See that? Okay. So, Jesus is the Lion of Judah. He's the Lamb of God. He's a merciful Savior, isn't he? Amen. James 2.13, come on with it. Uh-oh, where'd the mercy go? <gasps> what? Here's Jesus, the judge. Amen. Okay. Uh, Sister Brenda, Jude one fifteen. Sister Regina, give me Jude. It's the book right before Revelation's in the back. Give me Jude, verse 6. There's only one chapter in Jude. Go. Quit writing and go. Go, 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 go. Jude, next to the last chapter, it's right before Revelations. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Verse, verse 6, and give me verse 15, Sister, uh, Sister Brenda, first. See that? Come on. See that? So he's going to pass judgment on them, amen? Okay, Jude 1, 6. Go ahead, Sister Regina. Habitation. This is the this is the angels that were cast out of heaven, amen. Mm, yep. Okay. Revelations fourteen seven. Uh, Sister Rhonda, give me Revelations fourteen seven, and Sister Sharon, would you give me Second Timothy four eight, please, ma'am? Okay. Sister Rhonda, Revelations fourteen seven. Whenever you see that. Okay, and one more scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 8. The righteous judge. All right, see that? So now, so now we have four, four officers of Jesus. He's the lion, and he's the lamb. And he's the merciful Savior and the righteous judge. Amen. It's all a matter of perspective. Where it is you're standing when you're looking at Jesus as to what you're going to meet. Amen. If you're standing in the grace dispensation, you might meet the Lion of Judah, or you might meet the Lamb of God. You might meet the merciful Savior. Amen. When you when you cross him, you will meet God the judge, even on this side, because judgment is passed even on this side to correct you before you get out of hand. But I can assure you of one thing. Once you cross over that threshold, once that trumpet sounds, or once you 
cross, once you go through that door, there's a one-sided door between this dispensation and the next. Not only is there not a handle on this side, it's gone. Once you go through that door, it's sealed. There is no door there any longer. There's not any door that can be opened up. Once you cross from this dispensation into the next one, whether it be by way of the trumpet or whether it be by death, you will not meet any of those four save one. You will meet the judge. You will not meet Jesus the Savior, Jesus the merciful, you, Jesus the Lamb of God. You will not meet them. You will meet Jesus the righteous judge. Amen. And his judgments will be right. And there will be no arguing or debate of any kind. There will be no excuses. There will be no discussion. Just as Daniel Ekachukwu said on his trip to heaven and hell, he said, man, he tried to say something. He said, but immediately in his spirit, he knew it was over. He knew what the angel professed was right in his spirit. It just knew. It, was, it, it automatically registered in him that what he said was absolutely tried and true. It was perfect. It was true. There was nothing could be argued with. And, uh, and we need to watch that again soon. We need to see that again soon. Really, you need to see that. Maybe we'll do that uh, next Sunday night. Because I know you're not here on Thursday night. So, yeah, normally we would do that on the middle of the week. But, but it's, it's something that needs to be seen. Uh, and you need to refresh your memory. Because I'm going to tell you something. This is a man that was a pastor. Thought he had it made. Doing everything he thought was right could not believe the fact that the angel told him if this was your time this was your this would be your portion you know i don't know i don't know what he was following never said that but you know i mean just going on just going on the one thing alone i'm gonna tell you i, I have a feeling that man did a lot of seeking because uh all the stuff man that he'd been taught and was teaching he had no idea just a little spat with his wife could cost him eternity he didn't forgive his wife over one little simple thing, and it would have cost him hell. And he'd lived all his life for God. And one little argument with his wife, and he did not, he just had a spat. Maybe two days later, he would have forgiven her, and, you know, it would have been all right. How many of you ever had an argument with somebody, mad, and, and you know, you got, well, gum, and then, you know, <clears throat> huff and puff for a day or two, and then you're okay, and, you know, and you, you kind of, Go, you work it out, and you're you're over it, and you forgive them, and they forgive you, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? That's probably what would have happened. But it just so happened he died the next morning, and did not forgive her before he left. And because he did not forgive her, it was going to cost him an eternity in hell, forever, over that little bitty thing. That's God I serve, folks. That's God I'm telling you about tonight. That's the real God. This Mickey Mouse circus show, circus act they got going on out here is crazy. It's crazy what they think is going to be in heaven. 
It's craziness. Stand with me tonight.